Today is Palm Sunday, the day that we remember what is often called the triumphal entry of Jesus. It's called that because it looked to be the highlight of Jesus's ministry. Jesus was entering into, into Jerusalem, the holy city, the city of his ancestor, King David. He was coming into the city and people were throwing their cloaks in front of him. They were waving palm branches. They were chanting psalms. Some of them were even calling upon Jesus to become their king. If we only looked at that event, we would think that Jesus was about to experience the best week of his life. But we know that there was more to the story. We know that the road to Jerusalem was also the road to the cross. We know that that Friday, he would be nailed to a Roman cross, that he would be crucified, that he would experience a painful death. This is an example of what it's like to see one thing from one perspective, but by going deeper, seeing a totally different meaning. The same thing can be done when it comes to the cross. There's more to the cross than what we see at first glance. I want you to use your imagination. I want you to transport yourself almost 2,000 years ago, back to the ancient city of Jerusalem. And there you are before Christ crucified. Jesus of Nazareth nailed hands and feet to that cross. A crown of thorns upon his brow broken and battered from the beating he received before his crucifixion. You're looking at him and you're thinking, this is terrible. How could things get worse? But they do get worse. It's about noon. It's the time when things should be the brightest, when the sun is the highest in the sky. And yet, instead of becoming brighter, it becomes darker. In fact, it almost seems like nighttime. Everything looks bleak. And you, as you look at the darkness, you feel as if the power of evil is winning out. Darkness seems to be a universal symbol for that of evil. I'm a big fan of the Lord of the Rings books. And in that, the Dark Lord Sauron, as he is growing in power and seems to be getting closer to his victory, Middle-earth is covered with darkness. And all the people in that story in Middle-earth, they see in that darkness the despair of their future. They begin to lose hope because that darkness represents the power of the evil one. Perhaps people back then thought that that's what was happening that as they saw the darkness coming over the land, they saw that as the defeat of God's kingdom and the victory of Satan. I want you now to transport yourself once again, this time to the temple. Now we have to remember that the temple back then was not just a church building. It wasn't a place in which you would just hold worship services like you could do today in any building. 
Rather, it was the place where God's presence dwelt. In fact, where you are right now, before the Holy of Holies, is a special place. Only the high priest was allowed to be here. And as you're looking around, thinking about the holiness of this place, the curtain is ripped in two. You hear the sound of it. You see it going down from top to bottom. This is terrible. The temple is the most important place on the entire planet. It's where God meets his people. And yet now the current the curtain is torn. You fear that this is the time where God is turning his back upon us. That we have allowed his son to be killed. And so because of that, he is cutting off all contact. Once again, you are brought back to the cross. And as you look at Jesus, you can tell that his breathing is getting more and more labored. He is struggling to lift up his body to catch that next breath. You know that he doesn't have much time. And just as he looks the weakest, suddenly he finds new strength and he begins to speak. And you listen carefully to hear the words that he says. And he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Those seem like words of surrender. They seem like words of defeat. That Jesus is giving up. That he can't take it anymore. And he's given in to the peace of death. This is a terrible day. Everything that has happened looks bad. Jesus on the cross is bad enough, but darkness over the land, the ripping of the curtain, and Jesus crying out in defeat. It looks as if God has lost and the darkness has won. Now that's one way for us to look at it. But what if we return to the story and look at it with a fresh perspective. So yes, the darkness comes upon the land between noon and three. And it is possible for us to look at that as the reigning of darkness, the reigning of evil upon the world. But there's a different way for us to look at that. When we look at the Bible and mention of the sun failing and darkness coming, very often, that is related to what is called the Day of the Lord. The Day of the Lord was very important, especially in the Old Testament, because people recognized that things were not as they were supposed to be. The righteous were suffering. The wicked were prospering. Things were not right. And they looked forward to this Day of the Lord, the day when God would make everything right, when he would bring judgment, when he would lift up the poor and the helpless. This was a day that they all looked forward to. And that day was described as being accompanied by darkness. Now, I'm not saying that the day that Jesus was crucified was the day of the Lord. We actually find in the New Testament that the day of the Lord is really the return of Jesus. But what we see here is a hint, a promise of what is going to come. That by Jesus dying on the cross... The events have been set in motion that will ultimately lead us to the day of the Lord. It will ultimately lead us 
to the time when justice will come in power, that God will make everything right. It hasn't happened yet, but now we have the promise that it's going to happen. And the cross of Jesus is an important step of it. What about the ripping of the curtain in the temple? As I said, the temple was the place where people would encounter God. It was the only place that they could offer sacrifices. God's presence was there in a way that it wasn't anywhere else in the world. The curtain was ripped not as a sign that God was turning his back upon the people, but rather as a sign that God's presence would be available in a new way. And that availability would be through Jesus Christ. In some ways, he is the temple for us. He is the means by which God's presence is encountered by each one of us. And this is so encouraging, especially for this particular time right now. Many of us are frustrated that we can't join together on a Sunday morning, that we can't come and sit in our pews and look at the beautiful stained glass windows and hear the pipe organ and sing those uh, classic songs and, and to sing those new songs. We're disappointed that we can't do that. And we should be disappointed because we want to be a part of that. However, none of those things are required for us to experience the presence of God. We experience the presence of God through Jesus Christ. Not just about one building, not about one location on the world, but through Jesus Christ, wherever we are. When we are at home, in bed, when we're sitting on the couch, when we're going out for a drive just to, to break the monotony of the day, we can experience God through our relationship with Jesus Christ. What about those last words of Jesus? When he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Were those words of defeat? Was that a sign that Jesus had no more to give, that he had been trying to survive the cross but ultimately failed? I don't think so. We know that Jesus intended to go to Jerusalem to die. He knew that that's what was going to happen. It's not a matter of him trying to survive it and failing. Rather, it was about him accomplishing the task that was given to him. And think about those words that he says, Into your hands I commit my spirit. What is Jesus doing right there? He is committing his life to his Father. That's what he's doing. It's like one of us going away for a long trip. And we have something that is very precious to us. Something that we don't trust just to leave in storage or in a drawer in our homes. And so we bring it to the person that is closest to us. Someone that we trust. And we place it in their hands for them to hold on to until we return. That's what Jesus is doing. He's placing his life into the hands of his Father, trusting that it is safe in his hands, and that at the right time, which we know to be on the third day, that Jesus would receive that gift back. He would receive his life back, and that he would be alive. He would be raised from the dead. Those words that Jesus shares on that cross are not words of defeat. They are words of trust. 
If I was to sum up the message of Christianity, it would be that things are not what they seem. Everything about the story of Jesus turns out that way. Everything from Christmas to the ministry of Jesus to the triumphal entry that we celebrate on Palm Sunday to the cross, none of that really was the way it looked at first glance. Very often people could look at that and just dismiss what was taking place. But really, God was working in power through all of those events. The Apostle Paul tells us in his letters that he struggled in the sharing of the gospel, not because the gospel wasn't true, but people misunderstood it. As Jesus preached Christ crucified, the people who heard that message laughed. Why would you worship a crucified Messiah? It doesn't make sense. Crucifixion means you have lost. It means that you are a failure. And Paul had to get across that, no, what you see on the outside is not what is true on the inside. Yes, Jesus died on the cross, but that was the means by which God was bringing salvation. The foolishness of the cross was, in fact, the wisdom of God. We need to look closer at the cross. When we look close at the cross, we see that there is meaning beyond what we first see. We see that the cross is not about defeat. The cross is about victory. And God shares that victory with all of us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the cross. While on one hand, it breaks our hearts to know that Jesus had to die in such a painful way, we are thankful that in the foolishness of that cross, your wisdom was made manifest. That as the darkness came upon the land, we were reminded that the day of the Lord is coming. As the temple curtain was ripped, we are reminded that the presence of heaven is all around us. And as Jesus cried out, giving his spirit to you, that we are inspired to have that same trust to place our life into your hands. Continue to give us a fresh understanding of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.